the book of Joel, chapter number one. Joel, chapter <clears throat> number one. We'll read one verse of scripture in chapter number one. And we're going to jump over to chapter number two and read uh, several verses there. Joel, chapter number one. Beginning, we're going to read verse 14. Joel chapter 1 and verse number 14. When you find your place and you're able to, if you're able to stand, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God? Joel chapter number 1. We're going to begin to read. We're going to read one verse of Scripture here, verse number 14. Words of the Lord said, Sanctify ye a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry unto the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of, no e of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion and sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet, let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep and between the porch and the altar, let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say, among the people, where is their God? Then will, I, then will the Lord be jealous for his hand and pity, and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will, go, I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him unto the land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and uh, his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his, uh, his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Look down at verse 25. And I will restore, restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, Excuse me, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege tonight that we could look to the words of God. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege to stand one more time. I ask you, God, for help tonight, Lord, as we 
Uh, we, we come here to serve you and to, or to offer a service unto you. God, we, ought, we come here to worship you, Lord, and I pray that you would gain, that you would gain glory here this evening. God, I pray that we would give you the glory. I pray, God, that we could uh, put you in the preeminent place. Lord, help us that we could learn from the precious Word of God tonight. And Lord God, not only hear, but God, be doers of the Word of God. Help us, Lord. We do need you. Forgive me of my failures, my sins and wrongs. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I'm sure that by now you know the subject on which we're going to be talking about just a little while tonight. Talking on the subject, preaching on the subject of fasting and prayer. On fasting and prayer. Joel, if you know anything about the history, Joel, the people of God had come under assault. They had come to a place where they needed God in a great way. Joel began to encourage them. He told them. He he entreated them to go and to sanctify a fast and to pray and to seek the Lord. And perhaps, according to all that we read, that Joel would say unto them, perhaps the Lord will turn. And instead of doing the harm and instead of doing the danger, instead of doing what it is that we deserve, perhaps God will show mercy. And perhaps God will, uh, will, will turn uh, unto us and give us, give us mercy here at this time. In the book of Matthew... In chapter number 6, in verses 16 through 18, the Lord Jesus is speaking about fasting here and about praying. And when he said, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, he said, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that they that thou may appear not to me unto men to, to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The Lord Jesus gives us the account here in the Word of God uh, that, that fasting is a manner between God and man. It's not a manner between man and man. It's not something that ought to be broadcast and, and delegated and put, put out in the world for that the world uh, would know. But fasting uh, is a great tool and a great, uh, a great weapon in the artillery of the army of God. We told you this morning uh, that prayer is the greatest weapon that the church has. Uh, today it's the most unused weapon. It's one, I believe, if, if we would uh, look in our, in our gun cabinets of artillery, if you will, of uh, weaponry today, the prayer uh, would be that most unused anymore. Uh, we use our intelligence. We use uh, uh, many other things. But, uh, but the spiritual motive of praying uh, and seeking God is what it seemed like it's no longer uh, very important amongst the people of God any longer. When you think of fasting, fasting is something uh, that you really probably hadn't heard a lot of preach on about, a lot of preaching about fasting. You probably really hadn't heard a, a lot of things mentioned about it, and, uh, and that's uh, uh, along with all our faults. Probably hadn't been a whole lot of time put into studying about that the subject of, of fasting and praying. Uh, the, the meaning, first of all, let's look at number one, the meaning of fasting. Fasting uh, aids in faith and fervency, first of all. According to what fasting means, the word fast means going without food or drink or pleasure for a time of seeking after God. 
That is what it's for. Somebody said, well, I, my doctor told me to fast. That's good. Uh, yeah, he done that so uh, for a purpose. But when you fast and pray unto the Lord, that is a different fast. It is, uh, there's uh, different lengths of times that people fast. There's uh, different things. You fast uh, uh, for the purpose of, uh, of, of seeking after the Lord. The reason uh, that there's no fasting much anymore is because there's not much seeking anymore. Uh, there's not many people that would say, I need God uh, more than I need anything else. I need God more than I need a pot of turnip greens. I need God more than I need a ribeye. I need God more than I need anything else. I need God. I need to turn the hand to God. I need God to pay attention. I need God to hear me. We know that God knows all about us, and I'm thankful for that. But there's just some things uh, uh, that, 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 that fasting do. First of all, fasting is an enemy to the flesh. It is a flesh to the flesh if you will Psalm 109 verse number 24 the Bible said here my knees are weak through fasting and my flesh faileth for fatness the psalmist wrote there and said I fasted and uh, and my knees are become weak I'm, I, I, because I fasted at this place how many of us have been to the place where we I've heard we, we all say, make a statement and we'll say this and I'm starving to death Ain't many of us got that problem. All right? But now spiritual fasting has nothing to do with your weight. But it has everything to do with your witness. It has nothing to do with your appearance. But it has everything to do with the appeal that you have toward God. We should seek the Lord. The Old Testament, or the old days, my old church, uh, I almost said Old Testament church, God help me. The old church would, 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 would practice fasting on a regular basis. Throughout history, men fasted and, and it brought along revival. We'd, we'd, would you love to have revival today? Would anybody love to see old time revival again? I'm talking about where God moves in the midst and where God will even move you. Wouldn't you like to see that again where God would move me and God would move you? Old, old days and old times that, that used to happen throughout history. Jonathan Edwards, they say, fasted and prayed until he was almost too weak to stand behind the pulpit. But when he did manage to get to the pulpit and read his message word for word, man, what power was there. They said that evangelist Charles Finney would, would set aside days of fasting and prayer in order to see a great move of God. And when he'd go to a town... And preach, he'd be he'd be fasted for. Uh, there'd be people, not just him. He have uh, praying hide and others fasting for him and praying for him. And, and said when they get there, the move of the Holy Ghost would already be taking place because these men had been praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. The meaning of fasting, when you look at the Word of God, you'll find that Joel Joel told us that we should fast. He said, notice in verse number fourteen of chapter one. He said, sanctify ye a fast. When there are problems, uh, uh, it's not just good enough sometimes to pray. Sometimes we need to fast and pray. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you know what? We don't hear a lot about that anymore. Joel didn't tell them people that were facing the situation in the enemy that Joel was preaching to, Brother Dean. He didn't say, y'all go pray. But he said, sanctify ye a fast. 
there's something to fasting. There's something to it that'll help the the spiritual man in in in, in our walk with God. There's something about fasting that that'll that'll cause our flesh to be weakened and cause our spiritual man to be strengthened. So so many of us, we pay so much attention and we give so much attention to our flesh. We we feed every area that our flesh craves and everything that our flesh desires. We, We feed that. And just as we're commanded to pray, a common practice of the early church was to fast as well. So Joel told us to fast. A, B, Jesus expected us to fast. You say, prove that. I believe I'll be glad to. Matthew 6 and 16. The Bible said, moreover, when ye fast. He didn't say, moreover, if ye fast. But he was assuming that you were fasting. Moreover, when ye fast, he said, be not as the hypocrites, and so on, and so forth. So we see that the meaning of fasting, that it's, it's a, again, there's one of those commands that we talked about this morning. It's really, folks, really it's not an option. Really it's not something that we'd say, well, God said I can do it if I want to. The Lord Jesus expected his church to practice that. And we're powerless today we're powerless in our homes. We're powerless in our, in our churches. We're powerless in our families because we do not pay attention to the small things of the Word of God that can make a difference for us in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Moreover, when ye fast. So we see the meaning. Number two, let's look at the motive for fasting. What is the motive for fasting? I say this, the motive for fasting is to move the hand of God. That's what I think it is. To move God's hand. Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18, he made the statement in verse number 18, he said, And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. It is to move the hand of God. Its motive is to bring us to God. Bring us into the presence of the Lord. Bring, you know, when we fast, we're denying our flesh. We're, we're telling our flesh, no, I'm not going to do this, but I, I'm going to take this time and I'm going, to, I'm going to apply myself into reaching out to God and drawing nearer to God. There, there may be times that you get sideways with God and it seems like He's a million miles away and you can't get any attention and you seem like you can't hear from Him. You ever been there? Anybody ever been where you seem like you can't hear from God? Well, I tell you what, you do. You you then you quit paying so much attention to your flesh and you start seeking God and watch what God does. You watch what God does then. There's some things that we ought to avoid while fasting. Things that the Lord told us. Number one, need to avoid exhibitionism. It ain't a show. It ain't a show. I've 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 had deal, I've deal, dealt with folks that wanted everybody to know when they were fasting. I, I know that you can call a church fast, and certainly everybody in the church that could and possibly want, would want to could 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 fast together. That would be that'd be a great thing. But when you do it on your own, there ought to be times that you just do it because you really need God's attention in your life. 
You really just need to, you really need God's help. God, I've tried everything in my power. That's a good word to say right there, ain't it? In my power, God, now I need you. And you just uh, surrender to him. But you avoid being an exhibition. Avoid that. Number two, avoid legalism. I'm going to tell you this. You're not making God indebted to you. All right? You are not indebting God to you just because you fast. God owes you nothing. Whatever you get from God is another merciful blessing that He, that he gives you. But you're not indebting God unto you when you fast. So avoid the legalism part of it. Number three, avoid ritualism. Remember the Pharisee in the temple? Remember the publican over there in the corner? Remember what the Pharisee said? Lord, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. He told everybody that was listening what he'd done. But God didn't hear him. Isn't that something? Even though he was doing what he thought was right, there was wrong motives there. And God wouldn't hear him. Avoid ritualism. And number four, you ought to avoid egotism. The Pharisee that fasted there twice a week, he was proud of himself. He was proud that he had done what he'd done. He was very boastful about it. So you must have the right motive in praying and fasting. These things, this uh, exhibitionism and legalism and ritualism and Egotism. Can I tell y'all something? Satan engineered those things because he knows the danger of a person that prays and fasts. There is a person that prays and fasts is, Brother Mike, is a danger to the devil. I think about those, those old boys that was casting out devils like Paul was. And, uh, you know, that they cast them devils out and they, they got to whooping them devils, got to whooping on them old vagabonds. And, and uh, they said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? I think there was probably a reason that those folks knew who Jesus was, those devils, those demons did. And I think there was probably a reason that those demons knew who Paul was. But I wonder today how many of us are a threat to the devil because we're spiritual enough to be praying and fasting. Zechariah chapter 7 and verse number 5, the word said, Speak unto all the people of the land and to the priest, saying, When ye fasted, mourned in the, uh, in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years did ye all fast unto me, even unto me. Well, from what I'm gathering from these scriptures, if you'll go back and read there in Zechariah yourself, you'll find there were some theatrics that were taking place there in their fasting and prayer. And it was for show. Now, now, God is calling us, calling them to fast unto me even unto me. 
Well, there's a lot of things we need to do unto Him. A lot of things, a lot of purposes, and a lot of things that need to be done unto the Lord. We pray and fast when we fast and pray, if we do that. It ought to be unto God. Our attention ought to be set upon Him. And I know there's every reason in the world that you hear from people on why they are unable to fast, why they can't do that. I wonder sometimes if it's not just a lack of faith. I don't mean to make none of you mad with me. But I wonder sometimes if it's not just a lack of faith. If we believe God can raise the dead and heal the sick, then God can take care of us if we're seeking His face. There's the, the motive of fasting. He said, fast unto me, even unto me. Number three, we see the ministry of fasting. The ministry of fasting is to strengthen our prayer. In the book of Ezra, you'll find there that the Lord told them there that, he, that, that, that the fasting entreated their prayer. He answered our prayer because of this. Heaven bends an ear. I want to tell you this. Heaven bends an ear when we pray and we fast. Heaven listens when His people, when God's people pray and when they fast. Jeremiah eleven thirteen. Jeremiah said this, and God said this. Jeremiah penned it down. And ye shall seek me and shall find me when ye shall search for me with all of your hearts. You see, what, 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 what that shows is, is fasting shows that we're searching, we're seeking the Lord. It's not that He's lost, but it's that we need His presence and that we've not had His presence in our life. We need the help of God. Why does fasting strengthen prayer? Well, fasting brings faith into focus is what it does. You know what? What you, you ever, you ever, you ever heard those saying that tie a string around your finger? What do you do that for? Help you remember something, right? You get wait, just hold on, wait a little while. Most of you, you get to where you have trouble remembering what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, it's it's coming. I promise you, God lets you live long enough. It's coming. Well, you remember what I mean? You'll be preaching and forget what you're supposed to be saying next. All right, but but. They, they say if you tie that string around your finger, it helps you remember, Brother Mike. What fasting is, but when you look at that string on your finger, it helps you remember, I'm supposed to do this. Every time you look at that string, I'm supposed to do this. Every time you see that string, I'm supposed to do that now. I need to do this. Well, in fasting, that's the spiritual string around your finger. Every time you fast, when, when you remember that you're fasting, when you feel a hunger pain, when you feel like I need something to eat, it ought to make us seek God. It ought to make us pray. I, I, I will say this, that majority of us, don't. we don't pray like the Bible said in First Thessalonians 5.17. We don't pray without, without ceasing. 
We've learned. We say, and I remember thinking, how in the world can you do that? But but the, it's it's a possible. It's very possible to do it. You can go with a prayerful attitude and seeking God and and, and begging God's help. But when you begin to pray, you say, well, I, I preacher, I just forget to pray. When we forget to pray, when we make it a habit of forgetting to pray, then let's go to God and let's cut out something that's going to make us remember to pray. Wouldn't that be right? Do something that's going to make you remember to pray. You start depriving this old flesh, it's going to cry out. You start depriving this flesh, it's going to let you know, you're not paying me any attention. What you do then is you seek God say, God, I've not paid you any attention either. Lord, help me that I can give you attention. You see, what this does is it, 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 this, it, it subdues self. Many don't realize that we are slaves to our own flesh. We are slaves to our flesh. We've been taught to pamper ourselves. Many of us are slaves to food. Right? Meat, we, the meat for the belly, the belly for meat. Boy, I'm telling you, boy, we we slaves. I heard some folks say, "Well, I, you know, well, we live to eat," and that's the way most Americans are today. Today, we live to eat. We don't eat to live, right? We we we, we live to eat, and, and we're bountifully blessed. We've been so blessed, so blessed, bountifully blessed. We've been we've been touched uh, greatly by the merciful hand of God in that area. We've come to the place where we expect things and we, 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 we expect things to, uh, to just be take care of our flesh and we've become slaves to things that satisfy our flesh. Habitual sins. Habitual sins. I, I know by experience. The reason I, the reason I, when I, when I was a, addicted to tobacco the reason when I was there is because my flesh desired and almost to the point had to have that you know what if it didn't get it I'd start getting headaches (laughs) I'd start having cravings I'd get angry some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what that is? That is feeding and cra- the cravings of our flesh. We're tending to what our flesh wants. But what about what our spirit man wants? What about what God wants? What about what God says is needful that we can be beneficial unto the cause of Christ? The Bible said that we've been bought with a price, have we not? We, we've, been, we've been bought, we, we don't belong to ourselves, we belong to Him, ain't that right? And He's bought us. I thought about Ezekiel, 16 verse 49. The Bible said, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, an abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand 
of the poor and needy. He said, there was pride. In my own words, then he said, there was a fullness of bread or there was gluttony. And then he said, abundance of idleness. There's some laziness that's there. What were they doing? They were tending to their flesh. Why is there so much drug addiction today? Why is there so much alcoholism today? You know what? The flesh will go in rebellion against you too. I don't know. Any, anybody ever seen anybody go through what they call the delirious trembles? <clears throat> the DTs? I've witnessed that several times. People going, having withdrawals from an addiction. Their body goes in rebellion when they don't, when it don't get what it what it's crying out for. That flesh goes into rebellion, and it begins to convulse. And it's it's it's. I know they call it a disease and. I, I'm, I'm not here to argue about over that. But I can tell you what, it's very curable. It's very curable. What it is, is it's a giving in to the flesh. Those addicts I see, I, I, I've seen them before. Those heroin addicts, they're, 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 the, they're the awfulest. I, I mean, I don't know if you've paid any attention to them folks before. A heroin addict or not, but uh, and they'll they'll go in such such a rebellion. Their flesh will go into such a a rebellion that it'll it'll cause them to do things. That's I mean I've seen them on the streets flopping. I've been driving down Gulfport, Brother Philip, before, and there's an old boy out there. We see him every once in a while. He's in a fight with himself on the sidewalk. Ask the cops down the road, well, so he's just an addict. He's on heroin. His body's detaining. He's He needs another fix, and he hadn't got the money to get one. His body is his flesh. That's what's, in, that's what's in rebellion. It's his flesh. And folks, that's what it is with us. We may not be heroin addicts. We may not be alcoholics. We may not be addicts of any kind, as far as you know. But the reason we fail to see an importance in praying and fasting is because we love our flesh more than we love our God. We love our flesh more than we love the Lord. We love our flesh more than we love a relationship that's been improved and sustained and empowered in God. We love our flesh more than we love uh, more, than, more than we love power in the house of God. We love our flesh. Brother Dean, you're about the only one I can go back and relate to back at social years gone by when we would call for a church-wide fast. We would ask for church to fast when we had something, we had a problem. Boy, how God would, God would manifest Himself there. 
Boy, it'd show up in such a big way. Say, we, brother, I can't tell you how many times that we come to church on Sunday morning after that, Brother Mike, and have multiples, eight or ten people saved in one service. I mean, ain't, ain't I telling it right, Brother Dean? But you've got to deny yourself. Today, the reason folks can't be faithful to church is because they can't deny themselves. I'd rather watch a football game. I'd rather be in a deer stand. That, that's what the flesh wants. And today, folks, in order to not be robbed spiritually, we got to rob our flesh of what it wants. Fasting subdues ourself. See, fasting holds back the judgment of God. Prove it. I'm glad you want me to. Jonah chapter 3 in verse number 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. What'd they do? They started fasting. What did Jonah say? Preach that eight word message. What, it three days? Yet three days and none of us shall be destroyed. Four days, whatever. They said, God's going to destroy us. Well, God's going to destroy us. What are we going to do? The king said, we're going to fast. And the king proclaimed a fast. And the whole country fast. Nineveh fasted. The whole city fasted. And you know what happened? The greatest revival in the history of mankind came about when these people proclaimed a fast. Jonah 3 and 10. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil ways. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Wow. You know what? God had rather show mercy than he had to destroy in judgment. God rather save a sinner than he had to let him go die and go to hell. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. But I wonder today how many of us have got heartbroken enough that we would deprive our flesh in order to go to God to see that a lost person would be prayed for. Jeremiah 18, verses 7 and 8. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced to turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I have thought to do unto them. That's what God said. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, proclaimed a fast when he heard that, the, that, that Moab and the Ammonites came up against him. Proclaimed a fast and he, he said, let's fast. And 2 Chronicles 
chapter number 20, verses 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. I notice this. Before they gathered to fight, they gathered to fast and pray. Before they gathered to fight, they gathered to fast and pray. Fasting turns the hand of God, folks. There's testimonies in this house of fasting. Of what God will do. But isn't it amazing how soon we forget of it? And how little we practice it. They had a secret weapon there Jehoshaphat did and it was fasting and praying. Fasting also brings wisdom and guidance. Acts chapter 13, New Testament, church. Verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. Folks, listen to me. I'm not done. There, there's no limits as to what, God, what or how God will be moved when the church prays and fast. There's no limits. It was a secret of success to the early church. Matter of fact, they were in the upper room. They were praying and fasting. But we see, lastly, number four, the manner of fasting. First of all, we fast unto the Lord. Fast unto the Lord. That's who we fast to. We don't fast to one another. We fast unto the Lord. Number two, you ought to prayerfully choose your fast from meals. There are a number of different fasts that you can, you can, you can entertain. You can fast from a meal. You can fast from food and water. You can fast from food alone. You can fast from marital relations. You can give yourself to prayer. But you ought to also avoid extremism when you do it. Listen, do this. Be wise. You've got to have water to live. You've got to have water to live. And when you break a fast, when you come off a fast, <laughs> avoid extremism there as well. Folks, I've said, you said, preacher, why are you preaching on this tonight? After I got through preaching this morning, that those notes were in the Bible. I was going to go to James tonight, but those notes were in the back of my Bible. I didn't even know they were there. But the Lord began to deal with my heart throughout the day today. Brother Mike on, on needing power back in the house of God. And can I just ask you, we all look up here at Preacher right now just a minute, with all due respect, and I, and I love all of you, and I hope you know that.
But if you were a generator of the power that's needed in the house of God, how much power would there be? If it depended totally upon you. You listen to me? If it depended totally on you, nobody else, just you. That if you were spiritually seeking God, then those lost people would come under Holy Spirit conviction and get saved. If it depended wholly upon... I mean, if, if you were the generator of the power of God in the house of God, would there be enough power to move that heart. You see, the thing about it is we all are generators. Every one of us are generators of the power of God, whether or not we accept it or either we reject it. One way or another, we have an effect on the power that's in the, in the service of the Lord. And when we come together in church, we come together prepared, seeking God, Man, I remember a day when, 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 I remember a day when us around here, when we were, we were hungry for the things of God. We were hungry for, we were hungry for fellowship. We were hungry for unity. We, we were hungry for doing, there wasn't no schisms and clisms and cliques and, and it was, we were hungry for God's presence. I can't remember, I don't remember, but there was one particular time we come together and, and we met in church. And I don't want to live in the past because you can't do that. But I'm just talking about the power of God now, okay? But we met, and I, I think there was four or five services in a row where I didn't even get to preach. I mean, you say, well, what in the world was that all about? Sometimes, Brother Gary said it best, uh, you don't sow seed and win like this. Sometimes God shows up and He just overtakes it and takes things to the next level. Some place that I can't take you. Some place that no other preacher can take you. It's just a place that God the Holy Spirit can take you. I witnessed a week of revival. Y'all remember that revival, Brother Dean? Twelve years ago, something like that. I think the evangelist preached about 45 minutes all week. Total, yeah. And I think there was 14, 12, 13, 14 people got saved that week. People talking about us like we as lunatics. Yeah. We're snake handlers and everything else. <laughs> the only thing was power God show was there. God's people were seeking His face. Look up here at me. Have you sought his face? Does it matter to you? Does it matter to you? Whether there's power in the house of God or not? Does it matter? Andrew, you go to piano, please.